Well, welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach-Patterson, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach, Coach Mark Spaghera. Coach, it's been a couple weeks, have a couple holidays since the last time we spoke. How are you doing? How are things? Uh, we're going to get into it, but coming off a couple nice wins here over the break. Yeah, things are good. You know, I had, uh, had a little time off, which was good for us. Got to see some family, do Christmas, all that stuff, and it's always good to get back with the guys and had a few days of practice before we headed south. And, you know, like you said, we had a, we had a pretty good trip uh, over the last five, six days here. So it's a good way to finish off the non-conference season. And my hope would be give us some good positive momentum as we shift into the new year and shift into GPAC play from here on out. Yeah, without a doubt. And these last two games we're going to touch on. Uh, had two games over the break, down, one down in Missouri and then one down in Kansas here. And and let's first talk about that uh, that first one here in Missouri on the 29th of December. Uh, played at Missouri Baptist against a really good Missouri Baptist team. Uh, you can probably correct me if I'm wrong, Coach. First time Briarcliff has ever played Missouri Baptist, I, I want to say. I, I look back and I think it's the first time. Definitely since I've been here. Uh, I would have to go back through the archives to find out if the the two schools have ever played, but, but uh, first time I'd ever been to their campus, first time we'd played them in my time. I, I've actually known their coach for a while. Uh, we're, we're roughly the same age and have crossed paths a few times, but uh, worked out pretty, pretty well. We are, we had originally scheduled the game for Ottawa on the 31st. That was going to be a standalone game, and then both needed the game, and they're a program that they were a conference champion last year and uh, national tournament team. So I, I knew they'd have a, a good, solid program to be a good test for us coming out of Christmas. And so, and then on, on top of it all, between Nathan Hall, who's a sophomore on the team, and, and Sammy Green, who's a graduate manager, coach, whatever you want to call Sammy, uh, those guys are, are both from the St. Louis metro area on the Illinois side. And I always think it is cool if we can make it work to – get around an area and play where guys are from. And so I thought it was pretty cool that it worked out for those guys to have a game in front of their family and, and friends and all that. So it, it was kind of a perfect storm and we're not in school. So being on the road for five, six days is no big deal right now. Yeah. And I saw on Twitter, uh, you guys had said that both Sammy and, and Nathan's family provided some food for the team. So that's always cool. It's a nice little added bonus that uh, I know the family likes to do, but let's talk about that first game, Missouri Baptist, like you said, conference champion from last year. Uh, and, and we're going to dive into it. And, and you and I kind of texted briefly after this game, I wasn't able to catch the first half, but watch the entire second half. And uh, just based off of the second half, I mean, well, actually, let's back up. Let's start in the first half first. So we take a four-point lead into the end of the half, up 37-33. Had to have liked the way you kind of came out on both sides of the floor. But it almost seemed like the vibe coming out of the second half leading into the end of the game, probably from my angle, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, might have been the first 40-minute game that we put together all year, and it really showed, especially down the stretch. It was pretty dang close, Bobby, and I, I talked about that with the team after the game. And I'm I'm – I'm particular and picky, as you know, and a little bit of a perfectionist. So I, I don't think it was a full 40-minute game. I thought we had one little lapse late in the first half. But I told the guys it was it was as close as we've been this year. And and uh, like most games, back and forth a little bit to start out and kind of both teams feeling each other out. And 
when you're not familiar with the other team, that's going to happen. And we can watch all the film in the world, but you just don't really know what a team's all about until you're in the game. And so uh, we ended up, we, we made a nice little run mid first half. We got up 10 or 12 points. They kind of countered that back. And, you know, we were frustrated a little bit that we thought maybe we could have been up 10 or 12 at halftime. And as it was, it was four. And there was two big plays that happened late in the first half that I, when you look back on it, you, you don't necessarily know in the moment, like, hey, that was a really big play. One was kind of a late shot clock, kick out three. It wasn't a great pass, but Tyrus Eichheit hit a big three. Um, we had had a little foul trouble, and, and Tyrus came in ready to go and, and knocked down a big shot for us. And then late, like end of the half, the, the last possession of the half, we had uh, – it was their ball, and, and their guard got loose coming downhill to the rim. looked like he was going to go score a layup. And Jamison Helmers came from a help situation and just knocked the ball out of his hands. And and that was the end of the half. And you think about if that shot goes in, that cuts our lead to two from four. And we go down to the locker room, and we're probably a little frustrated by that, and I'm probably a little pissed off by that. And it changes the dynamic of the halftime. And as it was, it kind of hyped our guys up because our guys, I, I heard them going down uh, the base. The locker room was in the basement. And so going down the stairs, I heard our guys, they were jacked up about it. It was a big play and little things like that can really propel you into the second half. And at halftime, we talked about maybe our biggest Achilles heel this year has been the start of second halves. We just struggled. And it's something we've talked about. It's something we're working through. And at least for that game, we, we got that figured out because we came out really strong, forced an early timeout, got some things going offensively. And, you know, we went on a barrage of three-pointers, as anybody who watched the game or looked at the stats sees. But there, there was a eight-possession stretch where we scored all eight possessions, six of them were threes and two of them were layups. And all of a sudden our lead goes from six to 25 in a, in a pretty quick uh, span of possessions. And so it was, that kind of just propelled us through and, and they, they put on a press late. They give them credit. They really fought uh, to try to stay in the game. And we, we had a couple uncharacteristic turnovers against the press, gave them a couple easy points, but uh, once all sudden done, you go into somebody's place who's a good program and a good team and you, and you win by 15, that that's a heck of a win. And we had a lot of guys contribute, obviously, Jaden Klein-Hessling is going to jump off the stat sheet. He's, he scored 30 points going nine for 11 from three. But we had some other guys that, that really played well. And most notably, I, I think the guy that really sparked us off the bench was Nate Hall. You know, playing in front of the hometown and family and friends and all that, he really played well. He had nine points, five, six rebounds, and, and really helped flow our offense in the second half. And so I, I was happy for him. That's something we've kind of been waiting for. Uh, for Nathan to, to to really come into his own, and I think he's getting there. So all in all, it was a really good team effort. Statistically, we weren't great defensively, but we made a lot of plays. We had three pick-six layups in the first half and turned them over quite a few times. And all in all, you said it, it was probably the most complete game we've played all season to this point, and it was a great way to come out of break and start the second half of the year.
Yeah, and you know, you just look at the box score right away. Anytime that from the three-point line, you go 19 of 32 and shoot 59%. Normally, that's a pretty solid Briarcliff winning formula. So really nice to see the guys be able to uh, shoot with confidence, see the ball go through, uh, especially Jaden there finishing with 30. And I am glad you brought up uh, Nate Hall. It was kind of cool seeing him play uh, back home and something uh, that I know you'll probably talk about uh, too, or give credit to. Uh, I thought he had four really big assists. I mean, it just kind of seems like as he kind of keeps going into it, he's kind of developing into that uh, guy that can catch it at the pinch post, maybe see the floor a little bit more, just kind of getting that extra feel that uh, for anyone around the G pack has known that that extra element that makes a Briar cliff quote unquote five man uh, or post player so difficult is when they have the soft hands and the touch and they can see the floor and facilitate. That's something that just adds a whole nother element to our offense. Yeah. And, and Nate's a guy, he has really good feel. He always has, and he's a good passer and he's to the point now a year and a half in the program. He's, he's really comfortable with what we, what we do and, and what we want and need from him. And so I, he might have even got shortchanged on a couple assists on the stat sheet. But uh, he, he played really well, and that's something – that's an added element that we're hoping continues as we go back to GPAC play here this week because he, he can really give us something both from his feel, his skill level, but also just adding some, some more size to the lineup. Exactly, and that's going to come uh, into play, especially with the two GPAC games this week that we will talk about here in a second, but – uh, quickly, Missouri Baptist really nice going on the road down there, getting a 90 to 75 win down there. And then two days later, we turn around and play an Ottawa team out of the KCAC, uh, who has been really competitive, uh, KCAC champs last year, if I'm not mistaken. So really good team, uh, uh a couple might years, been a couple ago. years, a couple years, yeah, yep. my apologies. Yep. A couple years ago. And, uh, a team that's been in the national tournament, I uh, have some guys in the roster who are familiar with the national tournaments and, and things like that. And uh, KCAC, another conference that's well-known in NAIA basketball. We go to Ottawa and get a really nice 69-67 win to round out the year of 2022. And right away in the first half, maybe had a little bit of a lull uh, from the second half of the Missouri Baptist game. Found ourselves down seven, actually, going into halftime. But holy smokes, in the second half, uh, the fellows put the clamps on defensively and really got after it, holding Ottawa to only 27 points in the second half, which is massive. Yeah. Yeah. Ottawa, you know, we played them a year ago at our place. This was a two year deal we had made and we played a great game with them last year. We won by three really close game down to the wire last minute. And it was a game that, that really sparked us. It was pre Christmas. It was our last game before Christmas but it really sparked us into the second half of the year. And we knew going down there that they're, I think after yesterday or after Saturday's game, they're, they're six and nine on the year. They might be the best six and nine team in the country. They're good. They have a lot of weapons, guys who can shoot it, guys who can drive it and put pressure on your defense. And they have a post player who hadn't played since early in the year that got back against us. And so we knew we were going to have our hands full and, uh, Early on, yeah, it was a little back and forth. They went on a run. They kind of unexpectedly pressed us. We weren't necessarily prepared for that. And uh, it took us a little while to settle in versus that press, which unfortunately gave them some easy points. But we we were down 12 at one point in the first half. And credit to the guys for, for fighting and scratching and clawing to get that to seven at the end of the first half. And we actually 
probably could have been four or five. We missed a couple shots. We got a turnover late in the half and missed a couple shots right before the buzzer. But uh, coming out of the second half, I was really uh, encouraged by our guys' just activity and the, and the urgency they were playing with defensively. And like you said, we held them to 27 points. And if it wasn't for a couple offensive rebounds, might have been below 20. But uh, got got some things going offensively. Connor Groves and Nick Hoyt really shot the ball well for us, particularly in the second half. And we were able to take control the second half of the second half for sure. And it got close. I mean, we knew we weren't going to run away with it. And that's a it's a unique place to play. Really loud, pretty small, old school, unique gym, which is right up my alley. Anybody that knows me, but it's really loud in there. But uh, we we made just enough plays, a couple on each end. And again, I thought we had some big plays from our bench. You know, Nate Hall played another good game. And then again, there's not going to be much that shows up in the stat sheet. But Jamison Helmers comes off the bench and the end of the first half, he's the guy who forced the turnover that if they score there, maybe it's nine or 10 were down as it was at seven could have been less. And it's plays like that, that they, they help you win games. And so I was, I was really happy. I thought it was a team effort. we were, we were shorthanded, you know, we were without Matt Stillwell who starts for us. He got a little banged up in practice the night before. And so we had to have some other guys step up and, kind of rode our seniors in the second half, particularly our guards. But uh, as a team win, it's a great win. That's a good team, like you said. It's a team who just missed the national tournament a year ago, has been there a handful of times here recently. And it's a team that I, I would presume would win a lot of games second half of the year. So going 2-0 on that trip was, was pretty awesome. Uh, really happy for our guys. And like I said before, I hope that really build some positive momentum here as we as we head into the the back half of the year. Yeah, so like like we said had a really nice win to end the year, uh one by 269-67 at Ottawa and and really good two non-conference wins not only to end the non-conference year but like you said to propel us into GPAC play here uh for the next uh, two, hopefully three months here. And, and let's talk about this week. And, and you joked about it before we started recording. It's it's Tiger Week. We've got Dakota Wesleyan uh, in Mitchell on Wednesday and then at home against Doan on Saturday here. And uh, let's talk about Dakota Wesleyan first, a team that we have talked about many times on the podcast. I know a program and a coach that you have a lot of respect for, a uh, program that uh, I do as well, very uh, close uh, with those guys there. It doesn't seem like it matters what kind of years both teams are having. A lot of mutual respect and a kind of a good, healthy rivalry, um, I think I would say. And it doesn't matter what type of year the teams are having. Every single game with Dakota West, you know, Briarcliff seems like it comes down to the wire every single time, whether it be at the Flanagan, at the Corn Palace. It's just one of those games. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're always fun and. Coach Wilbur and I were texting about that today. We were we live in a couple games from over the last decade, I guess, and there's been some games where both teams at the same time had some absolutely loaded rosters. And we there was an early season game. I think it was 15-16 season. The year we went 32 and 4, Dakota Wesleyan beat us and it felt like it was like 105 to 100. And, and we've had a lot of those games, but uh, it's it's been a fun rivalry. Like you said, we've played so many close games, fun games, games with a lot on the line. 
and I wouldn't imagine this one will be any different. They're uh, they're really starting to play well here uh, over the last month, and I think early on they were working in some new guys and and trying to figure out rotations and substitutions and all that. But now I think they're really playing well, and they got some guys who can shoot it. Colin Oppold's one of the best players in the league. You know, he's 16 a game, eight rebounds, six assists. Kind of do, does it all for him. And they're always going to be really solid defensively. So it's a game we, you know, you got to go up there ready to play like any GPAC road game. And I think back to a year ago, we got down 10-0 right out of the gate up there. And that's, we were fortunate to come back and win that game, but that's not a recipe for success. We need to go up there ready to play. And uh, it comes down to, you know, for us right now, I, I told the guys after the Missouri Baptist game, we're not going to rely on going 19 for 32 from three. That's just not going to happen. It's it's not feasible. But the energy we're playing with, the urgency we're playing with, the positive, it's a positive energy. And the activity we're playing with on the defensive end, that carries over from game to game. If you'll continue to do that, good things are going to happen for us. And that's that's what our focus is going into it. Obviously, there's there's game planning and there's schemes we have to work through. And we started that today and we'll really hit on it tomorrow in practice, but uh, it's going to be a fun game. It's always a fun place to play, even though I don't like it that much, but it's, it is a fun place to play. So it'll be, it'll be a fun one. Yeah. That one here, first game of the 2023 uh, season Wednesday at Dakota West and I know women's game is going to tip off uh, there at six o'clock with the men to follow here at seven forty-five, And then coach, we turn to Saturday we're back in the Newman Flanagan Center uh, against a Doan team who, if you look at it uh, three years ago and, and maybe honestly even two years ago, a completely different team. I mean, a team that uh, is playing with a lot more confidence. I know last year, uh, in my eyes, kind of a team that uh, maybe kind of surprised some people. It seemed like it really took a step forward, and they've got some guys back from this year. And, and Doan's one of those teams that uh, any given night, and I guess this goes with anyone in the G-Pack, but uh, can, can give you a knockout blow, uh, it seems like, whether they're at home or on the road. Team that uh, is big and some size, got some quick guards that can give you some fits, and uh, just a really good Doan team uh, in general. And coached by uh, Coach McKeith, who I know you uh, good friends with, have a lot of respect for uh, in him as well. Yeah, they're uh, – you look at their their overall record, and it's not great. I, I believe they're below 500 a game or two. But in the GPAC, they beat Northwestern. They beat Morningside. They beat Jamestown. I mean, that's three great wins. And they're, they're a good team. They run their stuff really well. They're very disciplined offensively. They run the triangle. Uh, defensively, they're really going to make you work to, to get great shots and Alec Overhauser has been playing really well for him. Brady Tim has been playing really well for him. And frankly, they're without their leading scorer and first-team all-conference player from last year, Josiah Gardner. And I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's back this week. It'll be interesting to see. But uh, that gives them another element, and it'll be a fun – again, it's we played a lot of close games with Doan over the over the two, and it's been – gosh, it's going to be almost a – a four-week span since we played our last home game. So it's going to be great to be back in the Flanagan Center. But we're, we're looking forward to this week. It's uh, two two good teams, two well-coached teams. And uh, it's we, we have an opportunity, and we have to go take it, but we have an opportunity to build on our momentum we have and, and make a push from a GPAC standpoint up the standings. And we have to do that one game at a time. We're going to start on the road Wednesday, and, and uh, we're going to go have some fun with it. 
Yeah, big week coming up here to start the season, uh, or the 2023 season, I should say, uh, at Dakota Wesleyan here on Wednesday. Women's game, like I said, will tip off at 6 with the men to follow at 745. And then we look to Saturday, January 7th, at home, back in the Newman-Flanagan Center to take on the Doan Tigers. Uh, women's game for that will tip off at 2 with the men to follow at 345. So big week ahead here, playing the Tigers. <laughs> Hopefully uh, all goes well. I'm looking forward to, like you said, one game at a time against two really good teams. Well, joining us now, a very special guest, uh, probably a first, uh, Coach Figueroa, you can you can correct me on that. First uh, guest we've had on the podcast three times in the BC Buckets podcast era. Is that I right? Think it might be, I think it might be more than that. I think oh. I think Coach Wilbur might have been on every year. This is year five of the podcast. He's He's the most regular guest we've had. I don't know what that says about anything, this but is- it is. It's definitely the truth. This is like the anti-SNL host, you know, like I'm the anti-Alec Baldwin right now, right? Like, so, yeah, man. Uh, well, we're uh, we're happy to be joined by Coach Wilbur, uh, head men's basketball coach at Dakota West End. Uh, I know a guy that Coach Figure and I have had a lot of uh, respect for and have uh, worked closely with here. And, and Coach, uh, what's what's going on? How's uh, How are things this year for you so far? It's okay. We're digging out of snowstorms. Um, uh, but the, uh, you know, the, you know, 10 year 10 here for me at Dakota Wesleyan, um, feels like a snap of the fingers and like an eternity all in one, right. You know, it's just, these years go by and teams are coming and going and, um, it's crazy. I mean, it was such an easier time my first couple of years when I didn't have a clue what I was doing and I still don't, but at least I didn't know what was coming back then. And, uh, you know, now, you know, you just, you get through it and, um, you're starting over all the time, you're starting over all the time and we're in the middle of it. We're, we're okay. We're up and down, um, uh, in a really tough league again, as Mark knows with the amount of, you know, teams and the depth of the league and, you know, the bad teams aren't bad and they're supposed to be and the, you know, the good teams are really good. And, uh, you know, that's that's not how it works in other leagues, you know, that we just, you know, you don't show up to play in our league, you're going to get beat by 25. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. Yeah, and you're in your 10 here and a couple things. And first thing I want to touch on, you had a really big milestone here this year, was able to eclipse the 200 win market to Code Wesleyan. It's such a great feat, and congrats to you on that. I know we kind of talked a little bit about it, but what does that mean for you, just kind of thinking about how quick these last 10 years have gone yeah. and kind of where you guys are at now? Yeah, you know, the, you know, with stuff like that, I mean, the coach speak is obviously, I mean, I didn't make one basket. The only thing I really contributed to from an on-the-court respect is getting technical fouls and making the other team shoot. Um, you know, that's about – that's as much as you do. Uh, but the uh, – what it really brought back was just a lot, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to BS you and I never BS anybody, especially I'm not going to BS you two guys who I know really well. And you've been around. Um, I often joke that coaching sometimes is just replacing a terrible loss that you just had with the next most terrible loss. And you just move from some of these terrible, you know, like I, you know, the worst, time in coaching is waking up the the day after a loss and for like a split second you're you're okay and then you're like oh we lost 
son of a, you know, like, and you're like, okay. Um, but what that did was the, for a guy who doesn't remember all the great stuff right away, um, it brought up a lot of good memories and a lot of correspondence with former players and, and guys reaching out and, and getting to talk about some really cool things. So, um, you know, I've just been lucky. I had Jacob Brandle as an assistant coach for such a long time that we both know really well and would probably all call friends. Um, he was here for seven years and then so many really good players and all Americans and role players. So that, that, that's the really cool part of it. I mean, I, when I got the job at DWU, I didn't know, you know, how it was going to go. You know, you just didn't know how it was going to go. I'd never been a head coach of anything before. And so to be here in year 10 and being able to talk about stuff like that is pretty cool. But that's, that's such a program award when you're a head coach, you know, you know what your role is, you're guiding and you're the one making decisions. Um, but the players play and your assistant coaches work their tail off for about, you know, and you did it for us by for about uh, 17, 18 cents an hour. You know, that's about what you make when you're, you're an assistant at the NAIA level. So um, that's been pretty fun. Wish a few more, few more were against the, the chargers, but, I think that's been a pretty even matchup. So we got as many losses on the docket in the card as we do wins, I think, probably in that matchup. I haven't gone through and I maybe Mark has. He's kind of a nerd with the mathematics and the analytics and all that stuff. But I haven't looked at what the 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 Briarcliff D dub record is in my time here. I just know give there's me like give me like about. 15 seconds. I'll come up with it. Yeah, I know you you would probably have it. I don't want to hear this. Why would I even bring that up? I don't. I don't want to hear this. So I, I think you guys are up one or two on us. Oh, all right. You know, you, you, you got us two out of three last year. Oh, we did. That's right. I think, I think that puts you guys up a, a couple, maybe we were pro I was probably on the podcast the game before you guys beat us. So that will set us up perfectly for this one coming up. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's funny because we, you and I talked this morning because anybody who's looked at the, Midwest and upper Midwest weather forecast for this week uh, knows why we talked, you yeah. know, there's some weather yeah. in the forecast and yeah, kind of made me think about three years ago when we, we had a similar situation with some weather in the forecast when Briar Cliff was coming to Mitchell and turned out we made a decision at 1230 that day we were going to play that night. And I was texting my guys, getting them out of class and like, Hey guys, we're going to leave for Mitchell here in like two hours and we're going to go play tonight. No scouting report, no practice, no shoot around, no nothing. Let's uh, let's just go see what happens. Yeah, that 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 was all of us. Um, uh, we were the same way. And I don't think I ever told you this, but one of my guys was deer hunting and didn't make it back for the game. He was he, he went deer hunting. He hadn't hadn't filled a tag. I'm just like, I mean, could I mean, could anything be more South Dakota and NAIA than a player being gone deer hunting for an actual conference regular season game so well the best the best of that is it, it was ace zor um for people who don't know yeah, and i yeah. know one of one of my things the whole day you're like hey man like i don't know what you got to do but you got to get him on the phone let him know that we're playing and stuff and i'm texting him and he said he didn't have cell reception and i checked my phone after the game and he sent me a text like 10 minutes before the game got over and he goes, holy smokes, just got cell reception at the lodge. Hope the boys won. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> very Azor, very Azor. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a credit more to you, Mark, for coming up here because you're probably the only coach in the league that would have done it. Uh, but if, well, anybody, it, if anybody knows our relationship, we know that we kind of 
we're we're okay with any of it. But yeah, that was a it was one of those where like, hey, if we don't do this, this ain't happening, right? Wasn't that the case? Well, it was yeah, there was some and the, the thing people don't think about, it's not just you and I making this decision. Yeah. It's you know, there's two games gonna be yeah. played in the Corn Palace Wednesday yeah. night. So there, there's four coaches, yeah, both of our women's coaches. Yeah. There's school administrations that have big say in this. Yeah. And as we looked at that, thinking back three plus years ago now, there just wasn't good options. Yeah. It was going to put somebody at a at a yeah. pretty substantial yeah. disadvantage where you're playing four games in a eight yeah. day span or something like that. And and we just we yeah. were all in the same boat, like you said. We had it was a Monday. We had all played Saturday, didn't practice Sunday. Yeah. And so, you know, let's roll it out and go. Yeah. You guys beat us, so I'll never do that again. But uh <laughs> that that is what happened that night. Um yeah, I know, you know, when when you're rescheduling it and you're you're dealing with both, you know, men and women's teams and you know, coaches and all that stuff. And we have great coaches in our league and teams figure this stuff out, but it's it's you know, it's uh, always interesting. And I luckily, you know, I our women's coach is really organized and they're all over it. So I just kind of I've I've resigned myself to the fact of in very lovingly affectionate way with it going. Um, I look at a lot of rescheduling things as I do with our marriage. I just let the woman tell me what we're going to do and what the women are going to do. And we just go with it and roll with it. So um, that's usually the best plan anyway. But uh, that's what I've when all when all the men's coaches are calling me about rescheduling. That's usually been my standard line. I'm like, hey, I really appreciate all your input and how much you want to get this done. But I'll forward on your information. <laughs> uh, That's a lot of wisdom in that. <laughs> well, I don't know what we're going to be dealing with. When is this going to air? When are we air? When does it, when does this pot, what, what, like, what, where are we live at right now? When are, what are people, what day are people listening to this? Uh, it'll come out either tomorrow afternoon or first thing Wednesday morning. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll, we may, we may know more at this time we may know more uh on the day of the game and that's probably what it was but i know all of us just want to get this game in and not try to back our schedules up into any other games you know and uh, it makes it tough when other teams aren't going to be doing that and it could be just us and you know it puts you at a, it puts you at a disadvantage and uh like you would know mark and it, what i would say and i i you know i'm it's kind of been my line to officials you know like you know when you're really good, one little thing isn't going to affect you, you know, like when you're good, but when your margin of error is smaller in competition, everything is a factor uh, when you're trying to win basketball games. And that's, you know, that's the tough side of it. So hopefully we get it figured out, but what are you going to do? What are you going to well, do? Well, and looking through just, I mean, obviously I know our schedule, but looking through yours this morning, thinking about potential contingency plans, if this game would have been, a few weeks ago we'd had a lot of leeway both ways yeah, yeah. but we're just yeah. we're getting to the point now where yeah. it's january and the room to get games in is yeah someone's gonna have to concede something yeah, yeah. and it's it's never gonna work out perfectly for all four teams involved yeah. and that's that's the hard part about it so you know we're, we're wishing for the best i know you've sent me a couple pictures already tonight of your back porch yeah. looks like you're getting some good snow in mitchell yeah by the, that's our that's our continuing snow tracker is what my uh, back porch picnic table looks like and how much snow is accumulating on top of that. Hopefully it doesn't end up into a Christmas tree shape because that's not going to be good for us 
because that'll mean there's multiple feet on there. Right now, we're right now today. You know, tonight on a, you know, on a Monday night, we're looking. At, we've got about six to eight inches already, though. So um, it's a little wild. I do appreciate you looking at our schedule and let me know what we have coming up because I don't do that. <laughs> I don't. I I, I, I routinely do. I, I was telling our team this the other day. I was like, I don't know what we got going on, and other because it just makes me mad and gives me anxiety of like, well, what are we doing here? So we print our schedule posters out. I don't know if you're like this at all. Maybe maybe you're sitting there like, I don't see a loss on our schedule. That's what you do. I don't know, but I we print. I know I'm just giving you a hard time. We we print out our schedule and our you get these schedule posters, and these are up in my office, and I'm just sitting there staring at them like. How are we ever going to get a W here? <laughs> like it's, you see some of these games on there and it's just, uh, it's uh, overwhelming sometimes. So I appreciate you looking through that and helping me out with uh, some organization, Mark. Well, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm here to help the yeah. Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk quick about uh, Wednesday. I know a big matchup in the Corn Palace Wednesday. And I guess Will's just kind of talking about uh, the squad this year. I know. Uh, before you came on, we, we mentioned Colin Oppold's name, who for some people, it seems like he's been with you at Dakota West in all 10 years, but yeah. uh, Colin Oppold, really good player coming back, but you look at your team and you've got some really uh, good young guys who have kind of stepped up with, with Herman and Lubers and Dobney and got some young guys playing really well right now too. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, out of necessity and that's how college goes with uh, um, with graduation and kids moving on and making decisions to play, not play all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, some guy, you know, somebody's got to play and, uh, um, and we, and it was, we we're going into this year with some guys. I'm like, God, how are these guys going to get minutes if so-and-so and so-and-so and, uh, Callan Herman has just gotten a lot better for us. And, um, and, uh, but Colin Oppold coming back, you know, he was, a you know, first team all conference guy for a couple of years and kind of a, an all everything type G pack player, right? Like he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, that those guys have good careers that can kind of, you know, they're in betweeners, you know, they don't have a real position and you kind of play them as you go. Um, but him being a fifth year, uh, it was good for him because he's always had other guys around him throughout his career and his first couple of years, you know, he's sitting there with guys like Ty Hoagland and, Nick Harden and, you know, some really good players and, uh, and uh, really good forwards. And so he was, he was off and on for his first couple of years. And then, you know, so I've just kind of said to him with it, you know, your fifth year can, is going to replace one of those years that you didn't get much done. And this is going to be your show this year from a leadership standpoint and all that. And um, uh, he's really handled it well, because as Mark, you know, as we know, this fifth year thing has is a really interesting dynamic, right? Like it's not just, Hey, this is great. You're back all the time because it, it like, and that's not a criticism of the player, but those guys are like, should I be back? I could have been gone. I could have graduated, you know, all that stuff of, you know, when it's your fourth year and your senior year, there's a definitive end to it. And you're just like, yep, that's it. But these fifth year guys, good kids and Mark, you've got a bunch of them, but everybody in college is dealing with that. And it's, it's a, it's different coaching him than it was. There's a lot of things that are better and there's things that are a little bit more challenging because, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, this kid's been here for five years. He's, he's a son or a brother to you almost with the relationship you build and you know how those can go, you know? And so, 
Um, but he's such a good dude and a good kid. It's been great to have him, but yeah, um, we're, we're wildly inconsistent. I mean, we are wildly inconsistent. I mean, you, we can go one five minute stretch. I'm like, Hey, we're pretty good. And then another five minute stretch where, um, we're not going to beat a JV team in the league. You know, like that's just kind of how we've been. Looks like, uh, looks like you guys are starting to play pretty well. Just Florida <laughs> lost to a good St. Thomas team, beat a good Rochester team. And then went on the road last week, beat the turbo, uh, so I mean, you guys are kind of playing on. Let's let's not underestimate the fact you guys have a road top ten win on the year too. <laughs> the miracle in Canada, as I refer to it, uh, as winning in Jamestown. Uh, Coach Gavers from Hastings just non. I've just adopted it. He just called Jamestown Canada. He just <laughs> like he just constantly would refer to going to Canada, and so uh, I say that all the time to Danny. Uh, just I, I it's not Jamestown, North Dakota. It's Jamestown, Canada. So. I don't know how that happened. Um, it probably shouldn't have. When we won up there, it was one of those deals where um, up until a minute left and it clicked to 59 seconds, 58, and we were up 10 at the time, there's not one person in that building thought we were going to win that game. <laughs> um, and uh, we won, and it was kind of, you know, guys were like, you know, wow. But, you know, I say this a lot, and I hope you say this to your team too, like, we expect to win when we go play, man. Like we, we expect to win. I, um, you know, and, um, even with, you know, with, with stuff, I don't like seeing the word upset in any write-ups, you know, I don't like seeing that. I just, uh, um, you know, I think our league's really good. And I think Dakota Wesleyan's program before I was here is, you know, it's got a long history of being successful and, um, you know, I, you know, it's not one of these things where, I was here and we kickstarted the program and, you know, one, I mean, uh, if, if you're around DWU at all and Bobby's dad can attest to this, right. You know, like the, it's, it's one of those programs that's had a lot of success. And I, I didn't even realize this cause I knew Briar cliff was really good, but you know, we're, you guys are in year 50 ish something, right? Like what, you know, and we're in year a hundred ish something, you know, the, the program's been around a long time. And, and there aren't a ton of losing seasons, um, in the, uh, in, uh, in the DWU history. And I got, I, I got one of them and I'm not proud of it, but I, we're, we've got one of them, but that's, that's not the expectation here. Well, and that's, you know, that tradition, that history, it's, it's pretty awesome when you're a part of something like that. And we played, uh, and it, this is not to brag or bash on anybody else. It's just to state a point. And, and you made me think of it. We've had basketball at Briarcliff for 56 years. This is our 57th. We we played in 24 national tournaments. Yeah, wow. And from a, from a percentage standpoint, I think yeah. that's really really yeah. high. Yeah. We were somewhere earlier this season, and uh, a banner was on the wall for this program. They'd had basketball for 120 years, and they'd been to five national tournaments. Oh wow! And, and one of the guys yeah. asked me, like, "Hey, coach, you know how many have we been to?" And it's like, guys, it's it's a big deal. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. impressive, and that yeah. that 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 was established well before I stepped foot on this campus. Yeah, I know but, that much. But but it is. I mean, you guys, in your time, you've been you you know like your time since I've been in the league. Obviously, Briar Cliff's been really good, but um, you know, I you know I remember when I was, you know, one of my best friends in basketball is a guy named Nate Tibbetts who played at USD. He's a he's a coach down at 
at in Orlando with the magic. And we talk about it all the time because he grew up, he was in Jefferson growing up and he remembers going to Briar Cliff games and rave on rocking and rolling. And, you know, like he, you know, he just remembers the, you know, the teams and we'd talk, you know, regularly about that. And that, that was when I was an assistant at USF and going down there. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool deal what we're a part of, you know, it's fun to be a part of programs that matter and, uh, um, where your community cares about it. And cause it's not, that's not the norm everywhere. Right. You know, that's not, no, the norm it's not. everywhere to, you know, to, you know, we obviously at the corn palace, um, when, when we're moving and doing well, you know, our attendances are usually at the top, you know, nationally, you know, we're normally at the top nationally. And, you know, we go to other places, you go to the Northern schools and play Briar Cliff and Morningside and Northwestern and Dort, and you just play in front of a lot of people. And, um, that's not normal at division twos. It's very abnormal in NEIAs. And there's a lot of division ones that don't get the attendance we get. So, uh, we're pretty fortunate. We're pretty fortunate. And our kids are really fortunate. Yeah. And I think this is kind of off topic, but kind of on topic as you're talking about the GPAC. And you said this a little bit ago. And I think the biggest change in the GPAC since I've been at Briar Cliff, this is my 12th year. And I maybe you'll agree with me, maybe not, is you said it. So I'll use your words. The bad teams aren't bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's the biggest change to me. Yeah. Our league has gotten so good top to bottom yeah. and the margin for error is so slim Yeah, that it's, uh, well, that's it's fun, that, but it's incredibly stressful. That, well, that's just it. And that's when you're sitting in this, you're like, God, you know, you got to beat. Are we one of the bad teams? Are we one? No, like you're, like, you know, you're, 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 you're in college basketball, especially, you know, especially college men's basketball. You're, you're a one or two year cycle of going from really good to struggling to compete that can happen fast. And, uh, because every, there are so many basketball players nationally and, uh, and our league is just one of them where, um, the coaches, the, there's, there's good hiring processes. So the coaches are always really good and the coaches work. They work to recruit on their head, you know, the, the, the universities in our GPAC hold our programs to high standards, which makes it, you know, that, that makes it really competitive. Um, and that's exactly it. Like, you know, and it's a tough thing now, I think with us, I think the a big change for us going to all one division, which is fine. I, I, um, I will always long for the division two tournament down in Branson and you know what that was yes. like in that experience. Right. And what the division two was like, uh, but, the difference for our for our league now is, um, you know, you're just your losses can be considered bad losses as opposed to a really good win the other way. You know, it's just like when we lose, you know, you're getting dinged for losses. If you're a good team, there's I, the word I use is there's very few teams that are getting forgiven for their losses. I think right now maybe Jamestown is uh, just, you know, with the roster that they have and and the player that they have up there in Walters. Um, but we used to have, you know, games where both of us would be in the top 25 and that's just a really good basketball game and you're not going to get dinged in the ratings, you know, and, 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 uh, and now it feels like we are a little bit um, with that and maybe it's justifiable, maybe it's not, but I'll like with officials, I'm not going to take this other side. I'm going to just argue for us. 
Uh, are we boring the heck out of people or what? No. Uh, I doubt it. All right, because we can some other stuff. I mean, we can talk about my kids mean mug and mark at recruiting events and that's a great story. Oh uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. The twins or what? Yeah, they got no time for Briarcliff. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. They, yeah. Just walked by me. Well, about are, are we doing it? Are we back in? Are we going or what? Yeah, we all we're bodies yeah, recording. It, Okay. Yeah, it's so, recording. Yeah, we can go whenever. Yeah, so like, so we're down in Tulsa. We're down in Tulsa. No, Wichita, right? Wichita. Wichita. So I took, this was a while ago. My my kids now, my kids now are 16 years old. My twins are 16. Ben and AJ are 16. Nate's 14. Tyson's, uh, Tyson's nine years old. And our little Lizzie is two years old. Um, so she wasn't born at this time and Tyson was a little booger. Um, but I took my three oldest on a recruiting trip and we went to, we, we watched uh, baseball games and I took them for a, a week and a half. And so we went to Minnesota, we saw three baseball games in three cities. We saw a baseball game in Minneapolis. And then we saw a game in Chicago the next day. And then a game in Kansas city the next day. But the best part of the trip was taking my three kids to uh, Wichita and wondering how it was going to go with them at this recruiting event while they're up watching maybe an iPad or running around, but we're walking down with all these coaches there. And, uh, uh, Ben sees Mark and just his walk slows and he just mean mugs the heck out of Mark just walks past them. And Mark kind of, I, all I see is Mark's talking like coaches are all the time but my kids walk in here and I kind of see both of them. And Mark does a double take. Like, is this little SOB staring me down here? Like, it, was, it was, it was pretty good stuff. And that's been a longstanding, that's been a longstanding joke, but you know, Mark in the corn palace has got such a tendency to be reserved and so calm and collected that he doesn't bring much attention to himself when things are going good or bad for the chargers. So my kids, um really enjoy watching mark anyway so they're they're not afraid to go sit behind him and razz him over the years right right so yeah that that happened there was a time your twins must have been oh it might have been eight nine years ago i was still an assistant coach but i was sitting on the stage during the women's game and they were sitting behind me and i don't know if they wanted me to hear them or not and if they did it's funny but they were just talking trash about Briar Cliff. They're like, like Shane Graves walked by. And they're like, look at this guy. He must suck. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. Gosh, I think I was kids. sitting by myself at the time and I'm sitting there laughing. You got two little kids talking trash uh, about our all conference point guard. The, uh, the, uh, um, you know, my boys, we, they were six years old when we moved over here. Right. I mean, it's 10 years and they're 16 now. So, um, but they've grown up in the corn palace. So the stuff they've been a part of, and they're obviously diehard tiger fans um, and they're Wilbur. So they're a little smarter, you know, like they're, you know, that's just <laughs> what they are. And, uh, um, and so the stuff that I've dealt with at the palace with them, you know, and, and they're, they are, they, you know, I'm coaching. There's been so many things that I have like one game. One of them was just dribbling a basketball on the baseline while their, their free throws are going on. 
he's dribbling a basketball between it, like right by the <laughs> official. Like I look down, I'm like, why does AJ have a ball? And why is he dribbling a basketball while the opposing team is shooting it? So our AD has to run over there and be like, what are you doing? And I can hear tables crashing on the stage and I know it's them. Uh, one of the years, one game, this was when they were really young. The presentation women's coaches um, had to pull uh, the penny presser machine that's out in the front lobby, uh, had tipped over onto one of them. How he's alive, I don't understand. Because those things, you know, like if anybody's in tourist world, those penny pressure, presser machines with the wheels, it was pinned down on Ben. And he's like in the lobby and, you know, nobody. And those suckers actually, are heavy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just a little kid and obviously crawling on it. I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, just being a father of five is one thing, but the stuff that the opposing crowd has had to deal with, with my boys. Um, and my middle one is, you know, my middle one is too smart for his own good. He At the Hastings game during the COVID, we're playing, you know, there's a hundred people in the palace. So it's a practice. It's an empty gym. And, uh, I, I, I'll still say by this, this was a really close game and they had a guy who went one for four from the free throw line down the stretch, who was a really good shooter. And without Nate Wilbur, we don't win that game. He was, he was like reading off, uh, like different, uh, different, uh, ads from fortune 500 type companies like Keebler and like, you know, he's, 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 he's rocking and rolling like the, uh, the catchphrase of these companies and, and then doing the sound effects to it, like in the power. I remember that. People are, you know, people are laughing and he's, he would wait perfect timing, you know, and to do this stuff. And he's like that, you know, he's just living in Mitchell and the kid, the kid's got 170,000 TikTok followers. My son, my 14 year old does from doing stupid videos with my two-year-old daughter over the years. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, you know, I can't even, uh, you know, tell you what these are about, but stuff like she's is coming out of his mouth and he's, you know, he's like, let me test it. You know, he's got the dumbest stuff. And all of a sudden he's got millions of views on stupid videos, you know, like this is, you know, these are just daily things I'm dealing with, with the Wilbur boys. And, and so Mark's one of their favorites, Mark, you know, like my boys know Mark and I are really good friends. So uh, as they've gotten older, you know, they, they just have, they've done it, but his mean, the mean mug of Ben Wilbur to Mark Svagera is going to go down in the lore of, of, Hey, we hate other GPAC schools in the Wilbur household. You know, that's, that's how that's just playing out. Yeah. And for me, it goes down in the lore of funny things that have happened at AAU events. And that's saying something because <laughs> that's saying funny, a lot. Funny things happen at that, AAU events. That's, that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot with, you know, and, um, you know, and a lot of times those funny things are like funny, like, ha ha, this is, uh, should we call the cops funny? You know, like that kind of stuff is going on and, uh, me bringing my kids to a recruiting event and them terrorizing opposing coaches is, is, uh, I, I guess, you know, uh, other coaches used to get ticked off at me with recruiting stuff because, you know, like NAIA, there's no rules, right? So division two coaches, Division two coaches, um, I don't know if I should even be saying this, but division two coaches are, um, you know, they can't talk to kids and they can't do this stuff. And we can communicate with kids and parents. We obviously could coach our coach teams and do that. But I used to take my twins and I'd have them take Gatorades, you know, to the kids that we were recruiting on the 
on the bench. Like, I like, Hey, their mom wants to get a Gatorade. I wouldn't buy them. I'm not, you know, I don't want to break any rules of illegal benefits to recruit here, but like Ty Hoagland's mom would be like, Hey, Ty needs this Gatorade. I'd be like, AJ, run this, uh, run this Gatorade over to Ty and he'd run it over, give him a high five and all the, you know, all, you know, NSIC coaches are like, you never know, fair, 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 you know, like, <laughs> just like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a very, I don't think that's very, you know, you know, professional. I don't think it's very professional. You can offer them room and board and we can't. So eat a bag. Right. You know, like, so that's kind of how we go about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But AAU events, man. So I use the twins to my advantage. Um, I use the twins to my advantage and my kids to my advantage with that. So, uh, but now that they're getting older, now that they're getting older, they're in high school and they, they go to a small school, uh, Hanson high school, which is 10 miles away from Mitchell. And so we obviously recruit a lot of small town kids and, uh, my, my kids are at Hanson high school. They're playing high school basketball now. And, and Nate, was an eighth grader last year and uh, they're playing a rival town um, and their best player who we're recruiting uh, was at, at the free throw line. And Nate's obviously a Hanson fan because his high school team is playing. He is absolutely riding this kid at the free throw line and uh, yelling and screaming. And well, the kids, the kids, parents and family are sitting right behind him. And after the game, uh, after the game, uh, the, uh, the, the sister of this kid goes, uh, I know who you are. You're Wilbur's kid and you're a little a-hole. You know, <laughs> she, she says that to him. And we have this story of like, yeah, man, like, you know, I'm going to recruit some of these guys. And I'd rather not think that, uh, Matt Wilbur and his kids are little jack wagons. So let's, uh, let's figure it out there. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Did you get this kid? Is Hopefully. he on the roster at D-Dub? Not yet. Oh, this now, is currently. Gotcha. Yeah, now, now the, the beauty, uh, like the best part really is like salt of the earth type people. So we've talked about it. There were, you know, you're, you're close enough where we see it. His older brother played for us here and we're recruiting him. But, you know, that's just small town stuff. And you know that. I mean, but in South Dakota, you, you know, you get in central South Dakota where we're at and there is no love lost uh, between anybody. And Bobby used to play, we used to play amateur baseball against each other. And I, you know, I, you know, I was routinely saying if Bobby ever gets up, we're plunking him. I don't care what the situation <laughs> is where, you know, we're throwing at him. Well, that would require us to be either up or down 10. So those, those really did. Well, those did happen quite a bit with your guys being on the, on the up 10 part, but uh, that was neither. I got benched as being a first base coach. As Mark, you have you heard this story? Have you heard the story of Bobby getting benched, getting pulled? In just an ridiculous baseball game he ridiculous got he got pulled well, in the what middle were you of the doing? he was coaching first base and he got well, pulled. Yeah. how'd that happen the the manager didn't think he was qualified or capable at the moment in a critical situation with a runner on first that bobby was going to be able to sufficiently say back when the pitcher picked over he didn't think he would be able to handle that so he pulled him and said bobby get into the dugout Bobby freaks out like as much as a guy could freak out in the first base. Like he's not, he's not yelling and screaming, but his, the body language was tremendous, tremendous enough that I couldn't watch it. Cause my eyes were filled with tears. Cause I was laughing because I realized Bobby was getting pulled. So I was crying, laughing, going, 
this is amazing, guys. I don't think you understand what's happening right now because we had guys watching it and Bobby couldn't believe it. He's, you know, I, I don't know where that ranks in a in a in a sporting world, but as an amateur baseball player to get pulled from coaching first base, I I don't know. There might be some lower situations, but well, I knew it was gonna I knew it was gonna be bad because not just with you, but half of the team, it seemed like we're Dakota Wesleyan faculty members. So I was gonna hear about it 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Like and it and and it was such a production of you getting it wasn't like it wasn't like something that was really uh subtle. It was a production of, hey, get this guy off of first base. Like, like people were asking me, what did Bobby do? What did he do? Like, how, what did he, what was going on that Bobby just was thrown back into the dugout? That's how awesome it was. Well, and one of the funny things about this, too, is Coach Figuera is actually well aware of the manager who did this. Well, yeah, he's a former Mount Marty Lancer. So, I mean, that's yeah. even better. So, who was it? Derek Denning? Yep. Yeah. It was Derek Denny. It was Derek Denny. Bobby, do you still play amateur baseball? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Couldn't recover from that. That might have been it. That might have done it. That was, that was that actually was, my last year. And that, that had nothing to do with it, but that was my last year. That might have done it. I, you know, I used to like playing competitive basketball. Um, that's kind of how my career ended in competitive basketball. I was playing in a state amateur basketball tournament. The last shot I took uh the ball stuck between the backboard and the rim I shot a three-pointer from the wing and it just jammed in there and I was like yeah somebody can get in for me that's it for me that's probably a pretty good sign I don't know if there could be a more direct physical sign of you're done and washed up than a shooter making the ball stick between the backboard and the rim and that was kind of Bobby's version of like hey maybe you're done here you're not qualified to coach first base Hey, that actually uh, it brings me to a good good point to talk about here. It's something we text about a little bit a, a couple of weeks ago. Right now, who who wins a three on three game between the Briarcliff staff and the Dakota Wesleyan staff in basketball? Half for three on three. That's a tough one. That's I mean that's a tough one. Like you got you've got an All American six five. You know, I mean he he's six five. He's a, he was a matchup nightmare in uh in uh the g pack and there's nobody good defensively on our staff today like there's well eh, no there isn't there's nobody nobody's the only thing we've got on our hands is i think terrell newton headbutted him in his chest to the ground so we can maybe carry that, <laughs> that one that on. probably happens you know, like uh, we can we can carry that one on uh um but yeah we got you and Gary, I've got Gary White and Terrell Newton uh, both played here. And you've got Forbes and Saban. Is Bobby a part of this? Like, does Bobby? No, you know, Bob, Bobby Bobby's going to be the color commentary. Yeah. Like, who is that your staff? Saban, Forbes, and you? Yeah, that's correct. Like, I mean, you're the Scalabrini of the G-Pack <laughs> is what you are. You know, like, and you got you got Forbes, you know, like, who's going to be. And I got no idea how good Saban is. And then I'm well, 40. Saban will play. Saban will play hard. He'll play hard. You know, yeah. like, everybody plays hard in the G-Pack, though. Like, yeah, if you don't play hard, I mean, what are you going to do here? So, like, uh, the I just, I just don't know. I'm concerned about the matchup because um, T. Newt's going to have to guard Forbes and Gary White's gonna have to guard you and 
you know, that's going to force you guys probably to do something you don't want to do, which is come inside to the paint being a, you know, I love the dude perfect stereotype videos and nobody could more exemplify and personify the big guy who only shoots threes <laughs> in that video than you. And so the, I don't know. I don't know. I think it, I think it'd be tough. I think we're going to have a hard time matching up with Forbes. Although we're going to post up Terrell a lot in very, yeah. in very true DWU fashion. We're going to try to, we're trying to post up a mismatch if we can. Yeah, that's uh Terrell's a tough matchup for us on the other side of things. And yeah. And then and then I'm just currently just to play to our strength, I'm demanding it's full court, not half court. Yeah. I'm in better shape than you think, but I, that's advantage. That to wasn't the dig at you. That wasn't a dig at you. That wasn't a dig at you. I got Gary White and Terrell. They're both they're both in shape and young players. So that might, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I guess you could look at your guys's roster and go. Maybe we've got a mismatch. Gary, Gary has boundless energy. Boundless. That's true. Boundless. That's boundless. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about the three on three throughout the league, and I don't want to bore people with that either. But uh, um, it would be interesting. It'd be. Yeah, it would. It's a great conversation. Well, obviously, it's not going to go well because you know three on three. Someone's someone's getting hurt. And, and, and in a fight, and in a fight, there's, there's no way a fight's not breaking out in this operation, especially if you get Neville involved. You know, like you know, with him out there, I mean, we barely can be on the sidelines together without screaming and yelling at each other. Uh, let alone, let alone him calling the cheapest foul ever on me. Like that would be the that would be something that would happen. And that's how the, you, every three on three tournament goes sideways because of stuff like that, right? Like, I mean. That's just what you're going to be dealing with. You got all college coaches out there that are out of shape and, 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 and trying to win. Boy, that might be entertaining, might be entertaining or terribly not entertaining. Maybe a low Rotten Tomatoes rating. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, speaking, speaking of T new, just kind of talk about him uh, just flipping a gear really quick. I know yeah. uh, you've, you had coach Brando who was with you for, for those seven years and I had uh, coach Vaughn there for a little bit, but what does it meant uh, to yourself? And then also the program to have a guy like T new who played at Dakota Wesleyan um, talk about a guy who's just got so much passion for the program yeah. and Dakota Wesleyan as a whole, what's it meant for you and, and the program to have him back and on the well, sideline? Well, I think we're both probably in a similar situations, right? When you got, you've got a former player that was completely bought into the program and loved it and loves where they're at and cares about the program personally, uh, you know, without regard to, you know, being financially obligated to care. Right. You know, and so, um, and then with, with both of us, you know, both programs, you know, we're talking about Forbes and T Newt, you know, very, I mean, we haven't changed our principles in our, and, and what we, you know, what we value and what we talk about and what we reward and what we hold accountable and, all of that. And he's already lived it. So he's able to talk to those guys on such a more personal level where it's like, guys, I've been here. Here's where my mistakes were. Here's where we were successful. Hey, these are the guys and the teammates that did this right. And this right. And this is what worked for us. And, you know, so here, avoid this pitfall and, you know, do that. And, and then on top of it, T Newt's just a basketball junkie, man. He loves to play. And, 
you know, while I'm sitting here in my office, he's out in the gym, him and Gary are playing two on two with our freshmen, you know, at night in the gym and that's stuff that they love to do. So when you've got guys that are invested that way and personally care, um, you know, it's so much easier to get stuff done. And it's just one of those things you don't have to worry about. And, and especially in today's landscape of college coaching, where, man, there can be some really greaseball stuff going on without getting into details here, but just, you know, like you, you, you've got, you've got so many guys that are um, coaching and can be just slimy and trying to advance their careers without regard to the people they're around. When you're talking about how valuable loyalty and honesty and, and commitment are, you know, a Tinu just kind of embodies that. And I know Brian does too. Um, I know Brian does too for you guys, but the uh, um, I'm just lucky to have that in that regard. I like, I like, I like that. I like that. You don't have a transition out of that. I mean, we could, I, I don't, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I go to the, I could go to the, you know, the, I, I really like the movie, the Netflix movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, don't look up uh, <laughs> without being political at all, but we got to get this guy some media training here. You know, gotta- <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can come back on the show, but she's got to get some media training, man. <laughs> Not to be critical, but you know, so yeah, I, Bobby, it's Bobby. It's hard for me to give you a hard time, man, because you were so awesome here. And I know Mark can't, you know, like, you know, like Mark loves Mark. Mark host always hopes when we do this that this tur- turns into a Bobby roast. Frankly, 100%. 100%. like when you were when you were a GA, we had you on just because of it here, and now you're actually running the podcast. So I feel bad for you. How many jabs you got to take every time out in this, and then to have a former boss here, you know, to do that. But I will do this. I will say this. I don't think we had a GA, and this is honest and not you know like a GA who recruited more players in his time than you did in in getting more done and so I'm glad to see you using that uh to some valuable professional use in your current life today so uh um yeah good job Bob good job yeah yeah it's been a good transition I had a had an awesome two years there and, and it actually brought me up to a question between you both has it kept you up at night how little you guys utilize me for a scout team or is that just me no, we use you a lot. You you were you were out there a lot. If didn't didn't we right. ban you? Yeah, I I was on the at Briarcliff my senior year. I was on the scout team once. Um, let me get let me shoot guess why. Concordia. Let me guess why were you fouling people on, on like too much? Like he had couldn't be on the court because there was jeopardy of people getting hurt. No, I I got bet or I got suspended from doing it for end. I quote: I did not cut with a purpose. End quote. <laughs> well, hold up. Hold up, you were on the scout team? Yeah. As a GA? Uh as a no, as a or a student coach, yeah. You were a student coach and <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. This this concerns me that I'm not running my program at a high enough level or having expectations or standards setting high enough where student coaches are getting benched for not cutting hard enough. Well done, Briarcliff. I'm a stickler. What can I say? Well done. You know how much all of us would love to go to one of our practices. Like, yes. like, hey, like not a shoot around and all the crap. You know, like I'm talking like, hey, we're meat and potatoes. We're three weeks into practice. We got to get something done. It's two hours. And I want to know what our team is about. 
practice. Like we're going to find uh-huh. out we got like two or three teams and we're rocking and rolling how much one of us would want to jump into the other guys and just, you know, and, and go see it. When I went up to what, like I, 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 I was, uh, you know, I played in the NCC at Augie and we would just get destroyed by South Dakota state on the glass. I mean, we would just get destroyed by them. And I, and I got hired and Scott Nagy hired in me and I was up at South Dakota state and like the first week of practice, I was like, Oh, this makes sense. This, this, uh, uh, this isn't just a fluke. Why <laughs> the Jackrabbits are a rebounding team. Like, um, you're going to rebound in practice. Guys are in basically full football gear, you know, running around out there, just tea kettling each other for a basketball. I'm like, Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. So I would love to jump into a, I would, I would love to jump into a Marks Figuera Briar Cliff practice. Likewise. And see what that would be like. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd find mine is a little less entertaining and a little, little less fireworky than maybe, would be portrayed so well there's there's only one person on this podcast that knows the answer well yeah that is true That's and true. bobby's been see so like you like there's like there's 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 the last thing we're gonna have is bob incriminating anybody on this podcast the the tricky thing in my world is every practice is completely public right like the corn palace is open every day so you've got people my first couple of weeks, it was like, what is going on? People are walking through. You're just like, oh, geez. And now it's like, oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry about that, folks. And, uh, and uh, oh, yeah, you guys on this bus tour, sorry, you're going to have to get an earful about four-on-four four shell while they're trying to describe, you know, the the peace pipe mural up in the corner. Like, the the you're going to miss that story. I'm kind of like, you know, sorry, man. <laughs> Because that's what it is, right? Like I could give that tour. Every mural up there has a story, and the peace pipe <laughs> one is the first one, and nobody hears that one because the lunatic coach is screaming and yelling the whole time. And and uh, Mags, the 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 Mitchell, the Mitchell tour director is constantly like, you know, we're just at odds for trying to win over his bus tours. And so, yeah, I mean, I sometimes think maybe I'll just stop here, Megs. Let me do the, let me do the tour quick so we can get back to practice and these guys can move on their way. But I know there's people that come into that corn palace and are like, they look at me like I'm an alien down there. And so, yeah, we get some, we get all walks of life. We get all, you had a celebrity a couple weeks ago. You betcha. You betcha. You You betcha guy. Yeah. He was there. He was there. Did you see this video? Did you see the video? Oh, yeah. yeah for the you know for your podcast listeners like i i was uh uh you know it's the midwest guy right the you betcha uh guy where, where it's he's single-handedly thrust bush light back into the mainstream of beers you know like with oh cracking it and oh that's cold you know and then trashing all us midwesterners for everything we do but he he uh i was given a talk on the on the court and we have people coming in all the time. So our guys don't care. They, they're, they're, they're not easily distracted, but while I was talking and I was, we were into it, I wasn't just joking around with our guys. We were talking about something. Um, they all start looking through me and giggling. So I'm like, well, something's up because they're looking up there and I look back and I've seen all the videos. So I immediately yell at the dude and he comes down and our guys are going nuts. And, and he, he's a big guy, man. Like he's tall. 
Uh, but we tell him to take a shot and nobody knows how this is going to go. Right. Like he just kind of dribbling it and he goes to shoot it and it looked pretty good. And so our group was like, Whoa. And then he banged the second one, you know, it was like, you know, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Betcha. But we've had, I mean, it's amazing how many different people have come through that place. Yeah. It's good video. Yeah. I mean, got a good looking shot. It looks like too. I mean, yeah, it was fine. He's a lefty. Yeah. Lefty. So it's right on the, right on the wing, straight cash. Yeah. Just and dribbling it up, you know, um, he had some great lines though. You know, he's, he comes in and he, they weren't trying to disrupt our practice and get involved. He wasn't trying to be involved at all. He was standing up there. So we didn't even, there was just a few guys standing up there. I didn't see their cameras, but on his, when you saw the video, he's like, he goes, is this guy giving the man in the arena speech? You know, like while I was talking, which is, which is tremendous. And then he comes with the, I'd run through a corn wall for this guy, you know, like, yeah. which was, which was <laughs> so he had both of those. Uh, and I, when I saw it, I was in a state of panic because I'm like, you know, people are like, you're famous. And I'm like, well, good. Because the last thing I was famous for, I was like, at least I stayed upright in this video. You know, like, uh, it was not, not, not the sports center, not top 10 for about six months straight, you know, a few years ago. So I was okay with being the you betcha guys focal point. Yeah. A little bit different this time around. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Not falling on my ass in the middle of a <laughs> conference tournament game. Uh, nothing's more humbling than getting a Twitter message from sports center, wondering if they can use that raw video of me falling down, you know, like, Oh, great. This will be fun. This should, this should oh, be I I've told you before. Yeah. There's, there's benefits to never sitting down. Yeah, I know, man. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. You know, I'm an idiot. Self-proclaimed. Uh, well, Wilbs, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, like we mentioned earlier before you got on, big matchup this week at the Corn Palace. Uh, Chargers are coming to Mitchell to take on the Tigers. I know the women's game for that is going to tip off at six with the men to follow. Roughly 745-ish. So, no, uh, really no, well, no, we'll tip off at 745, no problem. That's That'll be an easy one for us. I mean, we said 745, that's what we're time we're tipping off, and that's when we'll tip off. It says 745, so the game will start then. All right. I love it. 745. (laughs) But no, Wills, we appreciate you coming on. It was good seeing you again. Good chatting. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. I I almost didn't mute in time because I was laughing. Okay. It doesn't, uh, it's not soup night, so don't bring your spoon. So otherwise. (laughs) What what are we having? I don't know. I don't know. They moved it up. Like a walking taco or something? I don't know. They moved it up to the, uh, they moved it up to the auxiliary gym. So there's, I know I was devastated by that. I know there's no more little Cokes available. Um, there, you know, there's just no more nibbles and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. So I, I feel terrible for the officials now because that was always an enjoyable run for them back getting trashed by our fans as they left the court, <laughs> you know, like just getting lambasted well, I, by a hundred people. I've had that before too. Yeah. Yeah. Fans. Yeah. No doubt. You know, you, you, we needed to, we needed to hire about 50 more baseball players for security for, for Mark and the officials. So, well, good gentlemen. Good. Thanks for having me on. I yeah, appreciate coming on Wilbs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Later on. All right. Yeah. Well, appreciate Coach Wilbur from Dakota Westing coming on. Always great chatting with him. Always uh, adventurous, uh, to say the least. But 
Uh, Coach, let's head into the uh, the shout outs as we wrap up this week's episode. We'll have you uh, kick us off with uh, your shout out for the week. Yeah, real quick. I just uh, had a former teammate come to our game at Ottawa the other day. So quick shout out to Doug Houston, Dana College all-time assist leader. Uh, came to the game, came in the locker room, talked to the guys afterwards. It was awesome. Yeah, my shout-out's going to go uh, just a uh, very generic one, but uh, one that means near and dear. Just family and friends this time of year, it's kind of easy to get caught up in some stuff with uh, the holiday and the new year. But uh, shout-out to family and friends and, and all the, the time this year and the time spent. It, it was great, so big shout-out to them. Well, hey, that's going to do it for this week's edition of BC Buckets Podcast. Really good episode. Once again, want to thank Coach Wilbur for coming on. Two more games this week for the Chargers. Uh, it's Tiger Week, so Wednesday – traveling to Dakota Wesleyan, playing uh, in Mitchell. Uh, Wednesday, women's game, it's up off at 6. Men's game will tip off at 745. Uh, And then Saturday, playing Doan at the Newman Flanagan Center. Women's game will tip off at 2, and the men will follow at 345. So, Coach, two more times this week, playing the Tigers both Wednesday and Saturday. Best of luck. Let's go get a couple, and then we'll chat here and talk about it next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Bobby.